So today, as part of our podcast series, which is powered by Upside Global, we have the honor to interview Podreg Harrington. Uh, Podreg is an Irish professional golfer who plays on the European Tour and the PGA Tour. He has won three major championships, uh, the Open Championship in 2007 and 2008, and the PGA Championship also in 2008. Uh, he spent over 300 weeks in the top 10 of the world ranking and reached a career high ranking of third in July, 2008. So Podreg was a member of six consecutive Ryder Cup teams between 1999 and 2010. So Podreg, welcome to the show. Thank you, it's great to be on it, Julie. Great, so uh, Podreg, what I wanted to talk to you about today was uh, first how you became a pro golfer. And then I'd love to talk about your growing appetite uh, in pro golfing towards technologies. And then uh, we'll talk about your favorite technologies and what types of technologies you would want to build if you had unlimited resources. So how does it sound? Pretty good. Yes. Interesting. Great. Uh, so, um, so could you maybe start talking about how you started your career as a pro golfer? Yeah, it started to start, to be honest. Uh, my father was a policeman and he built the golf course, helped build the golf course in the early 70s. Uh, for police uh, they struggled to get into golf clubs in Dublin so he yeah. built one for the young, young policeman coming up to the city and it was 15 minutes from my home and it was where I hung out as a kid loved golf but I loved all sports and yeah. it was only by when I was a late teenager I started to take golf as my number one sport uh, I actually when I finished school at 18 I went to night, night school to do accountancy had no intention of being a professional golfer uh, really? and when I got to about when I was coming to the end of the accountancy I was about 22 years of age I decided I would give professional golf a go because not that I thought I was good enough but I I believed I was able to beat the guys who thought they were good enough so I was, I was winning and beating the other amateur golfers so I says look I'll give it a go and my expectations were just to be you know a, a regular run-of-the-mill journeyman European tour professional for you know, five years and then come out of golf into the management of golf, uh, you know, maybe a golf course manager or something like that. I see. Uh, but obviously I excelled and, and kept going. That's great. And I think in your family, correct me if I'm wrong, but someone in your family is also a quarterback in the American oh, Football uh, League. Yeah, my dad was a top class Gaelic footballer. That's the Irish football in Ireland. I have a, a, a cousin Second cousin who was a quarterback, uh, Joey Harrington. I have uh, a Hall of Fame uh, rodeo guy, and Dan Harrington is also, I think, is a first cousin of my dad. He's the poker player. So there's plenty of sports people, but I wouldn't have really known them. In my actual immediate family, we were very sporting. As I said, my dad was a, a top class footballer. I had four older brothers. So uh, plenty of competition, motivation in the family. Uh, being the youngest, I was always trying to beat them and, and Without doubt, it was a big help in my progression uh, in golf that there was always somebody, just, just somebody slightly better than me, somebody slightly ahead of me that I was always trying to catch up with and learn from. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I think you got five brothers too, right? Four Sorry. brothers. I'm the, I'm the fifth of four. Brothers. Oh, okay, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no um, sisters. So competitive no. family. All right. So that's great. So, so because, you know, we work with lots of technology startups, uh, we work with teams. Uh, so in the world of golfing, right, pro golfing, uh, we've seen more golfers using technologies. For example, I've seen uh, VR training systems. 
uh, AR glasses, uh, heart rate monitoring system, and other ones. So my question to you is how important are technologies to the world of pro golfing today? And also what are your yeah. favorite technologies? Uh, look, technologies are, are exceptionally important to all sports. Um, yeah. what, what you find with golf, golf tends to attract cutting edge technologies purely because there's, it, I suppose it's a little bit like Formula One. There's plenty of money in it. So it brings people into it who have money and it brings people in who are trying to make money. So there's always the cutting edge technology is, is, is there. Yeah. Uh, it is incredibly important, as I said, in sport. If you took golf alone, when I grew up and, and I, you're not going to if you're not a golfer, you won't understand this. But this is it's like it's as fundamental as uh finding out the, that the earth revolves around the sun. That's how startling this information, I'm going to say. When I grew up playing golf, we believed yeah. that the golf ball started on the path that you swung the golf club and the face, sorry, we, yeah, and the face directed how the ball shaped. Mm -hmm. Whereas the technology from launch monitors, which are, are around, the, well, we're using them, say, 20 years, uh, it's proved that it actually starts where the face is and the, and the path shapes it. So complete opposite. So it's as, 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 it's as startling as the earth is flat. That, that sort of information, the earth is, is, is actually a sphere. So you know, that's how the difference it would be. And we only found that out 20 years ago. And even the textbooks that teach golf didn't change for about until, you know, some of them 10 years ago before yeah. they would change that technology. So that, sorry, before they would ch change that knowledge because technology showed it. So technology is, you know, in golf, what, what I would say, and in sport, it's trying to find feedback. Yeah. That's really what the technology is there. So there's two things that you see happen in sport all the time. Mm -hmm. Players, all athletes, especially at elite level, we don't undertrain. We got here because we did more than everybody else. So the biggest issue we have at elite level is overtraining. So once you figure out, okay, well, you've got to be careful not to overtrain, you're then yeah. trying to maximize what you get from your training. Yeah. So to max, maximize what you're getting from your training, you've got to measure it and monitor it. You can't, you know, when you're 18 years of age, you pretty much control everything at it and you'll still get gains. Yeah. You can overtrain, you, you know, you, it's a slapstick method at that stage. Yeah. Well, as you become later, more mature athlete, you have to be very precise uh, you you know because you only have limited uh, energy resources that you can put into your training so you've got to make sure you're getting the most out of it to get the most out of it it's all about feedback uh, it's all you know not overtraining getting the value out of what you're doing and and technologies have come in to help that 100% and, and um, to be honest these technologies they're being well, I suppose there are new ones too, but they're being refined is what really is happening. They're making them more consumer friendly, more user friendly. The price of them has come down. Uh, you know, as I said, I talked about monitors there. The the the, the main golf uh, golf ball monitor uh, has is been over twenty thousand euros. There's now ones coming out that are competitive. You know, consumer ones for you know five, 600 euro. So you yeah. can imagine how these things, you know, it, it, there's two sides to it. the technology comes in very much at the elite level. And then it, it 
comes down, drifts down to the consumer. Mm -hmm. And and so you you talk about uh, obviously technologies. Now I know you guys work with um, the insoles from uh, VK Try, I think, and then you also work yeah. with a company that that blood blood analysis, correct? Uh, Arco, yeah, Arco yeah. is 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 unbelievable. It's startling, cutting edge. Works with most of the the biggest teams around the world. Uh, the best athletes, they are they're unbelievable. Their technology is is as I said, they have one baseball team in the States where they saved, uh, I think it was 350 injury days in a year. Yeah. For, that they prevented? They, prevent they, they, yeah, yeah, they basically, the team had 350 less injury days to follow to, really? in pre, in the years that they, yeah. So that's like, they play a lot of games, but that's, that's I think about nearly like three players extra on a roster. So, oh, I see. So that's a big difference. Yeah, so, Oh, it's 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 they they can predict when a player is going to get injured, and it, it through blood works, and they've refined it too. Uh, you know, they use uh, state of the art video analysis too. They use, yeah. uh, and again, they've also simplified it too. You know, I, I've been working with them, them oh, close to a dozen years, I would say a little bit more. And yeah. when we started out, it was flood full blood works. Now it's down to a little pinprick. Uh, you I know, you, you you get your you get your full blood works done regularly just to keep on top of that. But the little, once you have your profile, a little little pinprick, and they can spin that and and give you you know there in ten minutes, give you the answer of hang on a second, you look like you're just pushing over the top here. You need to hold back a bit, and you know they've saved them. You know the part, the great thing about Arco when they're working on the stuff, a lot of times. You know, athletes are trained at this stage. We all, you know, no matter how we feel, we'll still go out and train. That's our biggest issue. So, you know, when you're 18 years of age, it doesn't matter how you feel. You, you, you've been taught to, if you're having a bad day, just get out there and work hard. As you yeah. get a little older, you get experienced and you realize, hang on a second here. I'm not feeling good. I've got to start, take a little bit of a step back here and not push it too much. This technology it catches clearly when sometimes when you're actually feeling good, but your body is not. So when you're overriding your body and your mm -hmm. body's telling you not. So it's showing if, if athletes who push through, which we're taught to do, as I said, when we're younger, if yeah. you push through, you end up getting injured. So, yeah. uh, you know, for a lot of the, the you know, premiership soccer teams, NFL football teams, NBA basketball teams who use this technology, it's it's saving them a lot of, of of injury days, which is so important now because squads are so expensive. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it costs them a lot of money every time a guy is on the sideline, right? Uh, yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. And, and well, for especially with American sports, they're limited to how many they can have in their squad. Uh, yeah. So that's that's a big part of the fact that they can't just afford to just buy in another player. So it it it, it as I said, for me as a I predisposed to overtraining so it's been great for me just to make me hang on a second you're you're just hold off a week or two give yourself a chance to come back and we've seen it with olympic athletes who are who are going into into the olympics who are on peak performance and yeah. you know and and again they're thinking right we're, we're peaking here you know let's just keep training push it a bit and it's it's told athletes hang on a second just hold even though you feel great just hold off a couple of weeks you know just don't push it at this stage, uh, you know, 
and everybody, you know, with, with something like the Olympics, you're two, three months out, you think you should be training harder. And yeah. this is saying, no, you need to just take, take a backward step for the, a back step for the moment. And, uh, you know, it works. Uh, I'm very, Arco is incredibly impressive in that sense. It's, uh, I, th- there will be competing technologies to it, but they do have uh, a proprietary algor- algorithm and, and uh, IP as well. So they, they will be everywhere eventually. The problem for them in some ways, and, and this is, uh, we see this with other products, is how, how they can bring that to the weekend warrior. You know, how yes, they can right. bring it to the consumer. Uh, you know, it is at the moment, uh, it's for elite athletes and teams. So, you know, you, you, you know, it's a pretty, it's not a big deal to get it done. As I said, it's a little prick in, in the ear for me for the floods. Yeah. And it's, it's not that hard, but you can see how it works with teams. But to bring it across to, to the weekend warrior, uh, I, and I know a lot of medical companies are doing that now where they send you a little package and you send it back and they'll tell you whether you have whatever disease yeah. that you have and things. so it is probably possible uh but they're very much focused at the moment on 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 uh, i suppose elite sport that makes sense uh you know so about a few months ago uh, about a month ago i was talking to eddie jones who is the head coach of the england national rugby team yes and yes. eddie made a comment to me yeah eddie said uh when we look at technology we're looking at technology hoping that you would make a one to two percent improvement in the performance of the players. So in, in golf, uh, how big of an impact does uh, technology makes to your performance? Are we talking about ten percent, twenty percent? Do you have any idea? It, well, I suppose you couldn't quantify it, but even even with what Eddie said there, one to two percent. I yeah. I personally, I'd be competing against the guy next to me, and I know I'm. I'm if I'm on a level with him, so we're, we're, we've got the same, say we're exactly on the same level and we, we've got the same resources and that, how am I going to beat him? Well, if I do a little bit more, if I have a little bit of an edge, so the technology can bring me that edge. Yeah. What's interesting is if I think I have the edge, then it's more than 1% because then psychologically, I feel like I'm better. And yeah. that can, that, that, and by the way, in sport, it doesn't make a difference if it's 5% or 10%. 1% is enough. That's all you need is to yeah. win. You just need to be better. So I, I would have said I was always interested in technologies and things just because I wanted an edge and the feeling of an edge. I would never do the same as everybody else. Would mm-hmm. never. I would never copy the I, I would look at what the next guy is doing and try and make it better because yeah, I, mean. I, want to, I want to feel like I'm better than them. Like, uh, I suppose, like 15 years ago, I wore a heart rate monitor for two straight years, full time, 24 seven with a with a program. Again, similar to to uh, Arco, that was a a bigger, you know, you had to download it on a computer. You had to bring the program with you. It was it was way too expensive for 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 the, the weekend warrior. But yeah. I got the full information on my energy levels, heart rate, uh, variability all the time for two years. That's uh, great. That's amazing, yeah. Whereas now you see, you'll see lots of uh, wearables that yeah. are doing something similar. Any of these wearables, they're not the same. As yeah. I said, they're, they're, they're predicting 
heart rate variability. They're trying to estimate what your workload is. Whereas, yeah. again, if you go and buy the, the big expensive program, you can actually have it measured. So there is, you know, but you have to, you know, this, the, those wearables are brilliant for the consumer. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about it. But for the elite athletes, it's kind of crazy. I, I look at them and think, what are you doing? That's like, it isn't even close to being as accurate as you need it to be. It's not even, uh, you know, uh, like if you're, if you're a serious professional athlete, you you got to have the real, the real deal. Uh, you got to have it measured. You can't have a, a, a predictive model giving you the, giving you an idea of what's happening. Uh, yeah, so, no, yeah. That's, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so quick question, actually, you mentioned HRV, heart rate. Uh, we work with one of my good friends is the uh, mental coach of Sidney Crosby, you know, the hockey player for the Penguins. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So is biofeedback uh, pretty common among pro golfers, like being able to lower your heart rate to be in the zone? Is that something that golfers do or no? Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's, it's not all golfers, no, no doubt about it, but the ones, there are, there are plenty of them looking for the edge of, 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 of that's the next step. I, uh, I think it, it, you know, even trying to like, you could turn around and say like, whereas technology is obviously a big help and it's a measurable help is, is the great thing about technology. Obviously all athletes, athletes have been, not all athletes, but the world of sport has been aware of things for years. So look, we know that if you meditate, you're going to have a better control of your heart rate. So, I see. But, but do all athletes meditate? No. So, you know, the technology helps you measure that sort of, you know, the biofeedback helps you measure it, which for a lot of athletes, they need something that's measurable. They need, they need it some, in some ways the competition of, okay, this is what it is. Can I get it lower? Can I get yes. it under control? Uh, I'm trying to think of the one I used on, on tour. We... Uh, they, the they have refined it. It was a hat. It was, you wore some sensors on your hat as you were actually hit shots, and it was about controlling your 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 mind focus, mind uh, controlling where your your mind was at, at that time. And again, it is you, you spent time away from the golf course, obviously getting your heart rate down, controlling your heart rate. Yeah, uh, I. It's amazing when you. It's amazing when you wear a monitor. As I said, I, I did what can make a difference to your your heart rate i, I you know i'm a like eating red meat at night pushes my heart rate up uh you know good 10 beats at night my resting heart rate interesting um, now now anecdotally so this would be the other side of it without technology with technology i could see my heart rate is 10 beats higher yeah with, without technology i would just say god you know if i eat red meat at night i don't sleep as well I get very vivid dreams. That's, you know, that would have been what an athlete would have done 20 years ago or 30 mm -hmm. years ago or 40 years. Now, as a, I can measure that and say, no, my heart rate's 10 beats higher. I'm actually not getting as much REMs. You know, it's just, you know, you can see it, 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 even a small amount of alcohol, 20 beats higher during the night. So people who think they're having two glasses of wine to help them sleep, it's actually... Mm -hmm. They might may get to sleep, but it ain't ain't gonna help them during their sleep. So little things like that can be measured now, which is it, it, I said, that is the edge of technology. And and in golf, as I said, 
we have the two sides. You have, well, I suppose all sports will have the two sides. We have the side that's measuring the athlete's performance, which is coming from all sports. And then we have the side that's measuring the actual technology of swinging a golf club and, you know, the, the forces involved and, and, and yeah. the difference between one swing and the next swing. So we, we've quite a lot of, I suppose, I suppose technical and, and then physical to be, to be uh, looked at. That makes sense. Uh, so now you talked earlier about uh, using technology to get feedback, right? And also to measure the load, because especially as you get older, right, you can maybe overtrain, which will have a negative impact on your performance. So uh, to optimize the golfer performance, what's more important to monitor and optimize? You talk about the load. I think you talk about sleep. Uh, what are the things that you're really looking at? Um, I, I, think, I think they're all important. Uh, you know, and they're easier if they're monitored. They're easier if they if you can monitor and, and, and get a, a, a reading on it because as I said, somewhat athletes, people are competitive that they want to be able to show that they're doing it, not feeling like they're doing it right. They want to actually be able to measure that they're doing it right. Yeah, uh, I know. I So that's in general preparation for, for tournaments. Yes, can you get your heart rate? Can you you know, get the right amount of sleep. I'm very, as I said, my biggest problem is overtraining. I just want to keep, I like, I love golf. I want to keep practicing and and trying to pull me away from it is is an issue. Uh, I think what I like, what I see more, I suppose now in, in the technology is getting very close to, you know, again, when I started 25, when I started like I had my first lesson when I was 14 years of age mm-hmm. I try to put, so that's 1985. That's the first time I ever saw my swing on video. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and like, I didn't see it on video very much. Uh, I suppose that much until, you know, until camcorders became very handheld and, and easier to move with sort of thing. So as those sort of things progress, now we have phones you, you know, a kid now can be living in the middle of nowhere with no golf coach uh, playing the local municipal golf course, but yeah. he has the access to YouTube and the internet mm-hmm. and he, he can get every lesson he ever wants. He can learn right. exactly what a good golf swing looks like perfectly now, whereas I would never have seen that as a kid. I, you actually physically had, it, you were very influenced by what you saw around you. So as I said, my brothers would have influenced me. Other kids who might have been living near where they'd have a, a professional golf tournament every year and would go to it, they would see that. So it, it was actual physical what you saw at the time. Now there's great access, but it's moved on. As I said, uh, you know, it's no longer 2D, it's 3D. Uh, even past the 3D, how 3D is a perfect example. So you, you, you can get uh, different systems where you get in a suit and you swing. Uh, you have gears which are probably at the highest end of it, which is like a, a two hundred to three hundred thousand uh, dollar system, and um, mm-hmm. all the way down to you can buy you can buy reasonable ones now that that you know there's a four D one that's you can buy one single monitor over for a couple of hundred dollars works on yeah. your phone, so you, you're down to that that level of biofeedback. Uh, how good and accurate, as I said, usually depends on on 
Uh, well, they're getting the, the consumer ones are getting a lot better, getting a lot more competitive and a lot more accurate about what they're doing and easier to use. Because if you went in a in the full gears, like it's you're pretty much in the full gimp suit and and all the little badges on you and things like that, and you have to go to a facility now. A lot of these, like as I said, uh, these different systems, you just you can bring them with you to work off the phone, which that's a big thing with technology to easy use, you know, when it comes to the athlete, you know, yeah, I will go to a center and get measured up in, in the biggest professional uh, system there is. But if I really want to do some practice, I need something that I can bring with me. Uh, I travel a lot. That's easy to use. Uh, that's quick to set up and gives me the feedback, enough feedback that I need in a specific area. It doesn't have to give you all the feedback. It has to yeah. give you what you want. Uh, and, and technologies, all the technologies are moving towards that. Uh, you know, giving you the ability to get more out of the time you do practice. And, you know, when you, you talked earlier about, you know, VR and, and, and AR and all these sort of things, they actually help you practice a little bit more without having the physical burden. So sometimes, you know, when it... I, I clearly you could just turn around and say, Hey, well, why wouldn't you just sit there and visualize and meditate? And th that's another way of putting more time into your sport, uh, time into your, your, your work without depleting the energy levels as much without drawing, especially, you know, taking the physicality out of your body, let's say. Uh, so there are ways of, of extending your practice time, your work time uh, without uh, making it sustainable. But a lot of technologies are, are there to help that. Uh, to help you get more for doing less. That makes sense. So you know, you, we talked about like mainly sports performance technologies, but when it comes to the fun experience, for example, I'd love to get your take on that. There's a big, big, there's a lot of hype right now about NFTs and the metaverse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. So what I, what I anticipate is that athletes like yourself, uh, they'll be able to create their own metaverse where uh, they can sell their own NFTs, uh, that's a big, and we work with companies who can actually help you do that, or any athletes actually. So, what what's your yeah. take about these what NFT metaverse space right now? <laughs> it is interesting because uh, if you followed any anything in the golfing world at the moment, there is being quite a, I suppose, a controversial trying to break away tour uh, yeah. in golf. So there was tried try, a, a version of say the Super League, and. Uh, the man who was spearheading it uh, from the professional golf side it was Phil Mickelson. And okay. one of his, uh, one of the reasons he said for this breakaway, why, one of the main reasons he, he thing he was upset with was the fact that he didn't have ownership or control of any of his uh, media rights yeah. from professional golf. So all the good stuff that he's done over the years, uh, a, a lot of that is owned uh, strange enough he's saying the PJ Tour but actually the, the real good stuff is owned by the majors yeah uh, cl clearly so the most iconic moments in his career are owned by the the major championship some by the PJ Tour so he was sort of, sort of saying well you know he can't do NFTs based well of course he can do NFTs he can't do them based off the, the real iconic stuff that he's done in his career and he, and he felt he should have some control of that yeah. or, or at least uh, so that, that it is an interesting time uh, yeah. yes 
Uh, there have been one or two athlete, uh, golfers who've tried to go down that road. But again, like everything, it takes time and effort. If you're going to go into this, into this and, and produce stuff, you know, you've got to do it right. Uh, you've got to put your time and effort into it. And, and yeah, we'll be there. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it would be interesting to see how, how it progresses. I, I, like, you know, I do like the idea of, of NFTs when it really does apply to original, iconic moments in sport i you know i yeah. i still find it hard to get a grasp around them when it applies to to an ape i really just do not get that in okay. that sense uh, art is art i'm not denying that that it's in people's eyes but yes i can i can see i i'm surprised that the sporting i i i'm not surprised maybe those main sporting uh entities that in golf that own those iconic moments haven't produced nfts because as i said it would kind of cause a little you know players have never really thought too much about the the fact we don't own any of our media of yeah. our, of our, of our because it wasn't that saleable in individual formats it's only saleable in the in the I suppose in a in a block with uh, with everybody else in the tournament. Now NFTs, you can break out an individual and take a little segment, and and, and take that as being the iconic moment. So it will be interesting to see how that progresses in in golf. Uh, well, so yeah, and so we work, for example, with a company. One of them, uh, they enable any athletes for teams to build their own white label metaverse experience, where you can have your own wallet marketplace nfts and then okay. even ar experience and then you can sell your nfts across different marketplaces like OpenSea, for example right the issue okay. with all those um, marketplaces for nfts is that you cannot sell your nfts outside of those ecosystem that's the problem and the, the, those guys have found a way to sell those nfts across different platforms and marketplaces so which is nothing quite unique anyway so I, i'm happy to tell you more about okay. that okay um, yeah, 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 yeah. As I said, so I, I, I'm asking now. Maybe we're drifting out off yeah. topic, not off topic, but outside the podcast. Uh, so, are the athletes producing their own content for this metaverse, or yeah, are they? So you can, yes, con- you can. Yeah, athletes can create their own NFTs, but of course, and then they can go and sell it on their own metaverse marketplace. But then they can sell yeah. those NFTs across different platforms like OpenSea, for example, right? Which is a popular one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. The, 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 the issue there is, yes, yeah, right. there is. Yeah. There is. There, like I could turn around and go out to my garden here and, and do a golf lesson, which I, I do. And I put on YouTube, Paddy's Golf yeah. Tips. I put all my golf lessons up there just for free. Obviously, I could do that. I could give a specific lesson and or swing. But it doesn't hold uh, the same value of me when I hold the winning push. Uh, I understand. I understand. I totally understand. That, yeah. yeah. That, um, that, that would be the key for me. Uh, but, uh, but as you say, like, eventually, it's going to go somewhat like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, those most iconic moments. Like, you know, obviously, I play a lot of golf in the States, so that's why I'm referencing the US. But, yeah. you know, like home run baseballs for the, the iconic moments in baseball like yeah. you know for whenever records they they go for millions so 
the Phil Mickelson jumping in the air when he holds his, his winning putt in 2004 to win the Masters. Was it 2004, 2005 to win the Masters? Uh, 2004, I think it was. Like that's, you know, for him, all his, uh, there's an image of him jumping here. He uses that logo on everything, on a lot of things now as a, as a I assume he has it branded. I assume it's, you know, and all that. But that would make an, a, very much an NFT for him that moment. But he doesn't own sure. those rights. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. they need to figure it out for sure. Um, um, so if, if I may, so I want to ask you, so in the future, if you had unlimited resources, right, uh, money, engineering resources and funding, what kind of technologies would you want to build and why? Well, straightforward for me and, and anybody who knows anything about me golf, I'm a bit, because of my age and that, I'm a little bit obsessive about distance and speed and power in golf yeah. uh, because I'm trying to compete with the young guys. Uh, so the one I keep shouting at the people I, every time I meet them, because it probably can be done, but it could be expensive and, and, and very hard to get to consumer level. Yeah. Uh, I'd like something that measures the force on the grip of the club to tell me at what stage where I'm creating the speed in the golf swing. I know, uh, you know, at the moment we have ones, the club head is going at X speed at all different times, but it's the actual force on the grip that obviously tells you how, what you're putting into the club head. Yeah. It can, it can be measured, but can it be measured in a, in a, in a feedback loop? So yeah. if I do this, this is what happens. If I do this, it changes. So just having something as good as that, that you could actually swing consecutive swings and see the difference in at what stage, basically what stage you're hitting the accelerator and how that affects the club head at the end of the day. So, yeah, as simple as that. Now, you, you asked me what I want. That's what I want. So, you got, mm -hmm. it's, I know it's, it's, what, it's, it's early in the year, it's nine months to Christmas. If you could produce that for me, Christmas present, that would be very good. So, okay. that could, but, but it's the instant feedback loop. I, I think, at, you know, it's the ability to, to make one swing and then the next swing and be able to see the difference in that, in those profiles. That would be, and, and to be honest, we're not far away from it. I, I, I'm certainly getting plenty of good feedback uh, from professionals who are doing the analysis, and but it, it's not as uh, instant. It's not as, yeah, it's not as instant that I could just turn there and go. Well, what if I do this? What if I, you know, they, golf? They love this ground force and golf and this, that, and the other. And so, well, okay, what if I put a bit more ground force or a bit later or a bit earlier? How does that affect the force on the so, grip? How do we see that change? I understand. So, so two, two thoughts on that. So we work with a company, they're based in Canada. Uh, they put uh, sensors into a smart insole, an insole to measure the ground force. That's one. Yeah. Maybe they can put their, for, their sensor to measure the force on the grip. That's one yeah. thing. There's another yeah, company. I, I... Yeah. Uh, so, and there's another company uh, in APAC, in Asia, that build a sensor for the bat, for the cricket bat. Um, yeah, they can literally look at analyze your swing in 3D motion, but they can they have a lot of sensors on the on the bat itself. It's a sensor that you can put on the bat, basically. Yeah, it's um, it, it, there. There are ones in golf too. It's yeah. getting very close. It is okay. getting close. There's no doubt about it. There, there, there's people that will tell you, yeah, we can do this. We can measure, uh, yeah. uh, and certainly I, I I've heard of people who 
have an actual grip that measures the force, uh, yeah. genuinely measures the force. But again, these are, uh, I haven't got the, yeah, and, and I haven't got they're, they're one offs. They're they're in the they're, they're in the lab more than they're in the consume, consumer consumer space. Uh, but but not the measure like I said with the cricket bat and that there are ones that measure with golf that you can put monitors on on the grip. But it, it would be. Uh, not quite to the, yeah, and not not quite to the level of that measures. It's a general, a gen like you can measure the speed of the club head impact, but we really do, you know, you can measure it all the way through the swing. But yeah, yeah. it's just not quite the same to get the where is the actual speed being generated with what? Where is oh, the I force see. being? Where is the force coming on? So in some ways, uh, yeah, you 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 mentioned uh, like. Like in Formula One, you know, it's not necessarily you can measure how fast the car is going, but actual fact, what we want to see is how the acceleration and not putting too much acceleration on because you lose traction. How that is 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 affecting the speed. Yeah, so maybe maybe I, I can help you there. Uh, I know I, I've got a few companies in mind who could maybe yeah. Do that. Um, yeah, as I said, yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's certainly the people I'm you know the different companies. That's what I always bring up, and, and there are companies out there uh, in the three D, four D, three well, yeah. D space, I should say, uh, who are who believe they can do it, and maybe I haven't articulated it properly, but yeah. uh, we we will get there. But okay, that... ulti ultimately, any feedback, instant feedback athletes can work with and that's all that athletes are looking for is the ability if i do x what happens well okay now i'm doing y what happens and it's yeah. just that's that's what we that's what we like to see yeah that makes sense so you know i try i try my best to help you there um so last question so what advice would you give to anyone looking to become a pro golfer like for example my two kids uh, my daughter is nine my son is 13. Actually, today is his birthday. Uh, I just put them into golf about six months ago, and I'm actually learning too. Uh, it's one okay. of the hardest sports. I mean, you could have a great swing, and then the next one, you just mess it up. So Yeah, well, very very simple for you. I, yeah. I really would recommend you watching my Paddy's Golf Tips. You uh, you'll, you, you'll learn a lot about most of my tips will be telling you not to do what you think you should do. Okay, uh, I'll take a look. For sure. Yeah. For your kids, uh, completely different. They, they'll have no problem. They don't need to be, they don't, they'll find their way. It's very, okay. you know, co what I would suggest with your kids is try and make them have a love for the game of golf. Now, make yeah. them is a strong word. You're so right. If, if, if you bring your kids to golf, whatever, wherever they're going has to be a fun experience that they go, I want to go back. Or mm -hmm. those were happy days. I remember those. So uh, if you're, especially 13, getting a, even 13 is, is fine, but certainly the nine-year-old girl, when you go up to golf, if they don't want to hit a golf shot, that's fine. If they want to roll around the bunker, that's fine. If they want to build yeah. sandcastles, that's fine. At the end of the golf, I, I'm not, a, I don't believe in, I, you know, there should be a treat in some sense at the end of the golf. So, mm -hmm. you know, what I would suggest uh, with your 13-year-old is getting to an age, when the golf finishes, especially if it's a nice day, go to the veranda of the clubhouse, sit there and have a Coca-Cola. 
Oh, I see. You're spending five minutes with your son there, 10 minutes that he'll remember for life. And he'll always go, I got to spend time with my dad at the golf course. And he'll relate that to being golf is fun. Golf is enjoyable. And he'll want to play golf. The, the bit about swinging the golf club and hitting the golf ball and, and all that's that's a given. Their kids will not, because as I said, like with YouTube there, that you can go and it's so easy to learn how to swing a golf club now and, and the hitting and the, the, the competitiveness can be self-driven. It's the love that you have to find, give to the kids. So if you love the game, they love the game. If you obsess about the, you know, you just have to make it so that they think this is a fun place that they want to go back. You can't have the rules. You can't have it being strict. So you can't be rushing them around. You know, you can't be bring your kids. Don't bring them when the golf course is busy and you feel stressed because they'll yeah. feel your stress. Bring them when it's quiet. Let them run around. Let them have fun. And then they'll want to go back. And all you're trying to do is if they find a passion for any sport, it's trying to hold them back after that. So you're just trying to create the passion. You're not trying to turn them into – they don't it, – golf is a good sport. You know, if we were talking swimming or gymnastics here, like your nine-year-old daughter would need to be getting serious at that age for those sports. But mm -hmm. we're talking golf. Golf is it, it you can develop so much later in golf. They they can be enjoying it and having fun and just you know don't specialize, play lots of sports, but just try and get them to have a passion and a, an enjoyment. That, and obviously a lot of that comes from the the if you're sending them to uh, I assume you're sending them to like a course of of lessons or clinics. It, a lot of that comes from the pro. How much fun? How many games they play? And and not doesn't have to be golf centric, you know. Swinging a stick, swinging a bat, swinging a tennis racket, swinging anything, throwing is the same motion for golf. So just getting them good athletes in that sense will cross over to golf and just having a passion for the game is, is all that's required. And, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a lot of times it's the local municipal driving range that they'll find the right pro who's having a bit of fun rather than, you know, uh, you know, kids might be ready for a, a, a not the country clubs because they can be quite relaxed, but sometimes you go to a very formal old golf golf course with old codgers and you know they're into their golf and they like the etiquette and the rules. And it mightn't be the place for the kids. It just they just mightn't be ready for it. So bring them somewhere where they're where they're very welcome and, and it's very relaxed. And uh, you know that they don't that you if you feel stressed, you're probably in the wrong place. So your kids will feel that. Bring them somewhere where you're all happy and relaxed and uh, they'll love the game for life. I, mean, I think you're spot on. So that's exactly my, my strategy. My wife is like, are they going to turn pro? They, I want them to turn. I say, whoa, 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 wait. I just want to know if they're going to like the, 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 the golf or not. That's yeah. where I am. So Yeah. If, if they like it, they'll, they'll just they'll play it for life. And remember, playing it for life your nine-year-old daughter, if she has a passion for golf, she'd yeah. be playing golf in, in I reckon, now I, I, I'd put a fair bet she'd be playing golf in 91 years' time, as in at 100 years of age, she'll yeah. still be playing golf. Can you imagine any sport that you can do that? So, you can't do that. Like, Most of the sport you can't. Yeah, yeah you, go to, you go to a lot of golf clubs and they will have the old codger there in his 90s. You'll have, re you'll have a few of them there playing golf in their 90s. And it is shown that golf extends your, your active life by 10 years. 
Oh wow! So you know you really? can you, you can do yeah oh yeah you can do a mental game like you can play uh, say bridge and it's great for your mind and it will help you you know be active that bit longer mentally but golf actually helps you be physically and mentally active for ten years longer than than I think eight to ten years longer than than in the general population because remember you're walking you're twisting you're you're up and down to play golf. Uh, you're getting out there you're pushing yourself you're playing in good and bad conditions it, it really does help you push on so it's a great sport for somebody and it's never too late to take it up remember all it is you're just swinging a stick at a ball you don't have to be good at it and there's just something about it that is good for your soul when you hit a golf ball that's exactly right uh, well look uh, we're, we're, you're spot on so we're at the end of the interview but uh, great insights I enjoyed the conversation so I want to thank you for your time today So thank you. Thank you, Julian.